You know, uh, I was listening to uh, a preacher uh, who was using this analogy to explain the difference between a new nature and an old nature. Uh, this has nothing to do with my message, but I, I just wanted to share this. But it's, it's pretty funny, but it's, it's also very true. Uh, and he used this analogy of a pig, and you probably heard this before. You know, if you take a pig and you take it home, you clean it up, you wash it up, you put perfume on it and dress it up, and then they let it go back outside and go right back to the pig pen, hang out with the pigs that it was always hanging out with, eating the slop that it's been eating, and just wallowing in the mud that it's always done. And the reason for that is because two, two reasons. One, it's a soul habit, something that's always done. And the second reason is because it's part of its nature. It does what pigs do. It eats pig slop. It wallows in the pig's mud. And it hangs out with other pigs. Then he said this. Let's say you take that same pig. Take it home. Knock it out. Take the pig heart out. And put a kitty cat heart in it. Then let it go. He'll go right back to the mud. Why? Because it's soul habit. It's, it's all it knew. And he's wallowing in the mud with all the other pigs. Why? Because it's, always, it's what it's always done. Eating the pig slop. Why? Because it's what it's always done. But here's the difference. In that mud, for some reason, it just doesn't feel right anymore. And the slop that it was eating just doesn't taste like it used to anymore. And then the pigs are looking at this pig and say, what's wrong with you? And the pig says, I don't know. I just know it doesn't feel right. And eating the slop says, what's wrong with you? I don't know. It just doesn't taste right. Then he gets out of the pig pen and starts licking its, its paws. So why are you doing that? I don't know, but it feels right. And that's the difference between a new nature. Because when we become born again, that old nature is taken out. And the new nature is put inside of us. And so, even though, and I can remember my own life, when I first got saved, I received a new nature. And the old nature was, was dead. But there are some certain habits that I still had. Some soul habits I just couldn't let go. But I knew this, that it didn't feel right. And no matter how hard I tried, it just, no, it just didn't feel right. That's when I knew I was changed. And it just took a matter of time with God's grace working in my life to bring me to this place today. But I just thought I'd share that with you because I thought it was just a cute story. And uh, you can learn so much from that. But what I want to, thank you. What I really wanted to talk to you about tonight is, well, first of all, I just want to start out by sharing a story with you because I think a story is important because it, it sort of leads to the message, but it also says something about the message. The story goes like this. There was two men walking together on a downtown busy street. One was a Native American. The other one was a businessman. They were walking down. They stopped. Well, actually, the Native American stopped. And he said, do you hear that? And the businessman says, hear what? He said, that noise, that sound. What sound? Don't you hear it? And the businessman said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, the cricket. And the businessman says, cricket? I don't hear any cricket. And the Native American says, yes, right there. It's loud. Can't you hear it? Listen to it. And the, the, the businessman says, no, I don't hear it. After a while, the, the Native American was doing everything he could to try to get the businessman to hear what he's hearing. 
And at that point, he was getting a little agitated. He says to the Native American, no, I don't hear the cricket. So he stops the Native American. And he looks around. And off to the side, he sees a cricket. Then he takes the cricket and he shows it to the businessman. Now, of course, the businessman looked at it shocked. And he says, how in the world do you do that? I mean, we're in the middle of downtown. It's busy. All kind of people around. You and I are talking. And yet you're hearing a cricket. How, does he, how do you do that? So the Native American put his hand in his pocket. And he took out a handful of change. And just drops it to the ground. Twenty people stopped to see what was thrown to the ground. Now, this is very important. I want you to hear this. This is what the Native American said. He says this. You always hear what you're turned into, what you're tuned into. He says, you're tuned into money. So you'll hear a penny drop on the ground. And the Native American says, I'm tuned into nature. So I hear crickets. Here's the story. Here's the message behind this story. Many believers will miss God's voice simply because it's not tuned to God. Amen. We have the opportunity and the ability to hear from God because God wants to say something to us. The title of my message tonight is this. Shh. God is trying to tell you something. Amen. God is trying to tell us something. He's been trying to tell us something for the longest time. Throughout history, God's been speaking to us. Trying to get his will across. Trying to get his word across. Trying to get us to understand his will. Trying to get us to understand his ways. And for the longest time, man has been turning a deaf ear to the voice of God. And that's a sad thing because God, is always, God has something that he wants to tell us. Something that he wants to speak into our lives. But with all of the noise and all of the sound that we're tuned into, we're completely missing what God is saying. And so with all of the distractions in life and all of the clatter and all the sounds going on in our own lives, God has to compete with that. And his voice gets drowned out. You know, it's like when you, you, know, you go into your car and you like to turn on the radio and you always turn it on to your favorite station, WSTL, 1220 AM, for instance, just for example. Just thought I'd throw that out there. And then, you know, and like in New Bedford, there is a certain part of New Bedford uh, where I can get a good reception. Not the greatest reception, but good enough to hear it. But if, there, if I hit a certain spot in another part of New Bedford, then I just lose it. And all I get is static. So now I can't hear it. And so the natural thing to do is just to turn it off because who wants to hear static? That's the way it is with us. God is speaking to us, but then we have so much static in our lives with the distractions, with the busyness of life. You know, even so tuned into our families, tuned into our jobs, tuned into our responsibilities, tuned into our ministry. But yet we forget to get tuned into God. Because we get so busy and get so distracted in life that we're just not hearing. God's voice becomes very faint and you can barely hear it in some, in some cases. You just can't hear it at all. So tonight I want to take a look at uh, some of the benefits to hearing from God. 
And why is it that we don't hear from God? And there are a number of reasons why we don't hear from God. Uh, and again, it could be because of uh, the fact that we're so distracted in life. So many things going on in our lives. We live just such a busy life. You know, we've got to be here and then we've got to be there. Our whole life is framed within a time where God lives outside of time. And so God is never in a hurry. And you know, when, when you're distracted, when, when all the static of life is going on in your life, God is still there. It's just that we're not hearing him. And, and sometimes, and, and if I get a chance tonight, I'll, I'll share a little uh, story concerning my life. Um, but, but there are so many reasons why we don't hear from God. And so let's look at some scriptures in the Bible. Uh, well, you know what? Before we do that, let me just say this. God is trying to tell you something. Say that with me. God is trying to tell me something. In Matthew 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 15, Jesus himself says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear or let him understand. Now, Jesus was only calling those who have an ear to hear. We all have ears, but not all of us have ears to hear. We may hear a lot of other things, but when it comes to hearing the voice of God, we may not necessarily have ears to hear from God. In Isaiah chapter 30, in verse 21, it says this. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Job 37, in verse 2, says this. Hear attentively the noise of his voice. And the sound that goes out. So these verses of scripture are telling us something. It's telling us to hear. Because God's voice is always going forth. He's always speaking. I want you to go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. One of the things about God when he speaks, it always seems to be in an unanticipated and unexpected time. You ever notice that? But see, our responsibility is to keep our spiritual ears open or keep it tuned in so that when God speaks, we can respond. All right. So even though we don't hear from God, that doesn't necessarily mean that God won't speak to you. So I want you to remember that because... There are times when we don't hear from God and we're praying, we're praying and seeking God and then we quit and give up. And that's when we miss God. Because you see, we can't put God in a box and we can't tell God to work in our timing, in our schedule. God is infinite. God can do whatever he wants to do. But he always has a plan and he always knows when the right time is. And we just have to understand that. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, the story goes here where Samuel was a young man. And if you remember, he was uh, dedicated by his mother Anna unto the Lord. 
And he was being raised up and trained by Eli, the high priest. And as a young boy, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Verse 2 says, And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. Verse 5, So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he says, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and back to lay down. Verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel got up, went to Eli and says, here I am. You called me. And Eli says, no, get back to bed. And verse 7. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must speak, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood for the fourth time and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then verse 11 says, then the Lord said to Samuel, and then God began to speak into Samuel's life. Two things I want you to notice here. Anytime God wants to say something to you. He's going to say it. Okay. Sometimes he may take extreme measures to say it. Sometimes it takes a, a, a dramatic, how you say, circumstance. But God's going to get his point across. God wants to say something to you. And what we've seen here is that God spoke to Samuel three times before he finally responded. Because God has something he wanted to tell him. And God was not willing to let up or stop until he spoke to Samuel. There's something I want you to understand here. God wants to say something to you. And he's probably been speaking to you already, but you've not been listening. But he's going to continue to talk to you until you listen. Now again, sometimes God will use dramatic circumstances to get your attention. Now granted, it may not be so like, like Moses when... God interrupted his life when he was in the wilderness tending sheep. But see, God is willing to step into your life, interrupt it, and get your attention because God wants to say something to you. And you know, the wonderful thing about that is the fact that God wants to say something to me. And the fact that he's willing to do whatever it takes to talk to me so he can tell me what he needs to tell me. And because what he has to tell me will benefit me. Yep. Are you hearing me? Yes. Will benefit you. So it behooves you to hear God. I like what the Bible says. Be still 
and know that I'm God. That word be still means to take it easy. Relax. Take it slow. Chill. Be cool. Lighten up. Because when you relax, then you open yourself to hear from God. And know that I'm God. Know that I'm the provider. Know that I'm the healer. Know that I'm your strength. Know that I provide you peace. Know who I am. But you got to be still. One thing I I, want to point out here also is that when God spoke to Samuel on the fourth time. Now keep in mind, Samuel was a young man, inexperienced, just a boy, knew nothing about God. Although he did know God, he worshipped God, but he didn't know his voice because he wasn't trained. And God understood that. But on the fourth time, the fourth try when God spoke, Samuel said something that we all need to say. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. And it was when Samuel said that, that God was was able to speak into his life. Because it was a very important time because God had a plan for Samuel. And it was because of that, that when he said, speak, Lord, your servant hears, he put himself in a position to be able to hear from God. And now God got his attention. And now God was able to speak of what was to come. Now I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 9. This is several years later. This time he was an adult. And at this point he was well respected in the community. People knew him as the seer. The man of God who not only sees into the spiritual realm but also foresees into the future. And so everybody knew and respected him. And now God was getting ready to choose the next or the first king of Israel. And Samuel was part of that. (laughs) And in verse 15, listen to what God said. Listen to what the word says. Now the Lord had told Samuel, where? In his ear, the day before Saul came saying, and of course, God was simply preparing him to choose the next king. But what I want you to see here is this. God spoke into his ear. This was several years later. What I want you to see is that from the beginning, as a young boy, he experienced God's voice for the first time. He got tuned in to his voice. Several years later, we find that he's still tuned in to God. Sometimes we start out really strong in our Christian walk, hearing from God, on fire for God. But over the years, somehow we lose some steam. And then we stop listening to God. We stop hearing the voice of God. Let me tell you, if you have, have not, if you can't even remember the last time you heard from God, perhaps maybe you need to take a look at yourself and find out what is it that's causing me or preventing me from hearing God's voice. Can you remember the last time God spoke to you? And if you can't, then maybe it's a good idea that you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Maybe it's a good idea for us to put ourselves in our position to hear from God. Right? Why? Because God is trying to tell you something. How many of you ever seen the movie, um, The Color Purple? 
Well, that's where I got the title from. Remember the scene towards the end where the preacher was preaching and the choir was getting ready and all of a sudden his commotion. And if I can recollect, because it's been a while. And all of a sudden this commotion was coming. It was actually the preacher's daughter coming back. And throughout the movie, she was trying to reconnect with her dad, who was the pastor. But the dad didn't want nothing to do with her because she was like the prodigal daughter. And at some point in the movie, she found God. And she began to sing. And before you know it, she started marching down the road towards the church. All kind of people were following her. And in the church, the pastor was preaching this dry message. And the choir is behind. The choir says, God is trying to tell you something. He's talking to the preacher. And I see, I never got the movie until I figured it out just recently. God was trying to speak to the pastor. God was trying to tell the pastor that your daughter is coming home. She was lost, but now she's found. She was blind and now she sees. And I've forgiven her and received her. It's about time you start doing the same thing. Many of us are like that as well. Where God is speaking to us, but because we're so stubborn. Because maybe perhaps because we were hurt. Because we were disappointed. And we just don't want to hear God. But yet God is speaking to you. Telling you to do the right thing. And it's only for your good. And sometimes God will say something to you that can be completely illogical. It may not even make any sense to us. But God knows what he's doing. If you learn to listen. Let me give you some reasons to why we don't listen to God. Go to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6. Here God was speaking through Jeremiah. Speaking warnings. Chapter 6 and in verse 10. God says this. To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so that they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them and they find no pleasure in it. Jeremiah responded to the Lord by speaking these warnings to his people. And several times God has been speaking to them and they would not hear. They would not listen. And for God to say, who will listen to me? That says a lot because it also tells me that God is trying to talk to somebody. You know, in, in a marriage relationship, when a marriage covenant, one of the most important things in marriage, other than the fact that God has to be the center of their lives, is communication. Communication and relationship go hand in hand. You can't do one without the other. But communication is so important, so vital in a marriage, in, in a marriage relationship. God desires to have relationship with us because he wants to communicate with us. I heard something that um, Denny Sullivan said, one of our elders. He said something last night in, in our prayer meeting uh, that is still stirring up inside of me. You know, we talk about how we have a hunger for God. You know, how we have a hunger to hear from God. And, and, and we even sing songs uh, 
what's that song that says, uh, Lord, I'm hungry for the move of God. But we fail to forget that God has a hunger for us. God has a hunger to, to relate with us, to communicate with us, and to have relationship with us. We seem to forget that. We're so focused on our own hunger that we realize that God has the same desire and hunger for us. You know, and, and I listened to that and I said, my goodness, Lord, you have a hankering for us. So why is it that I, why, why am I stopping the communication flow? What is it stopping me from preventing God to speak to me clearly so I can hear? And in this case here, in Jeremiah, the children of Israel just did not want to listen to God. Why? Because they were listening to other gods. They turned their hearts to other gods. And they turned it back to God. Isn't it funny that they turn their hearts to a God that don't speak and don't even hear. And they left behind a God that does speak and does hear. How many of you fall in that category? Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Just to make another comment over in Jeremiah 6, verse 10, it says that their ears were closed. They just stopped hearing. How many of you, you don't have to show any hands, but how many of you husbands or wives get married, get mad at each other and you just stop hearing? You just close your ears. Or how many of you are watching the football game and you just close your ears and your wife or your whatever is calling you, hey dad or hey honey, you're not even listening because your ears are closed because you're focused. You're tuned into the football game. We do that with God. We're so focused on what we're doing that we're so tuned in that we leave everything out. And especially God. Second Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 3, it says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. What Paul was telling Timothy was this. There's going to be a time where people are just going to stop hearing the word. They're just going to stop hearing God's voice. And instead they're going to collect teachers that's going to speak to them things that they want to hear. Having itching ears, only wanting to hear what they want to hear. And because of that, they're going to turn away and listen to fables rather than listen to the word of God. And Paul was saying there will be a time when that will happen. So it's important that we stay focused and stay tuned into God. And not listening or, or not expect to hear what we want to hear, but hear what God has to say. It may not always be what we want to hear, but understand that when God has something to tell you, it's always for your good. It's always going to benefit you. Go with me to Acts chapter 28. So there are those who stop listening to God because they just turn to other gods or other things. There are those who just stop listening to God because they would rather hear things that they want to hear because they have itching ears, but they don't have hearing ears. 
Then in Acts chapter 28, beginning in verse 26, it says, Go to the people and say, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. And you will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand and with their heart and return and I would heal them. What the writer here is saying is that, as a matter of fact, he was quoting the prophet Isaiah, telling him that you will keep on hearing, but yet you're not going to understand what you're hearing. Why? Because there was a hardness of the heart. And let me just say this. When you have a hard heart, you're not going to listen to anybody. Okay. And it's very easy to get a hard heart because sometimes hurts, disappointments in life. Um, things that just don't go the way you want it. But it's very easy to get a hardened heart towards God. And when that happens, you just stop the flow. And even when God is speaking, you're not going to understand it. Even God wants trying to tell you something, you're not going to hear it. Because of a hardened heart. How many of you fit in that category? Then there was a time where God will, in the same way with Moses, having been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, stepped into his life, interrupting what he was doing. Because God wanted to say something to him. And he said in such a dramatic fashion that he spoke to him in the burning bush. Several years ago, and, and you've heard the story, and, and it just bears repeating again, where I was facing a financial difficulty, struggling financially. And I did all the right things. I, I confessed the word. I trusted in God. I, 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 uh, I watched what I said, watched what was coming out of my mouth. I stood on his promises. I reminded myself of his promises. I prayed and asked and reminded God of his promises. I even tithed regularly. All the right things. But nothing was changing. And I would pray and ask God, Lord, am I missing it? I don't hear anything. Lord, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? And I still don't hear his voice. And I'm praying and asking God, show me, Lord, where I'm missing it. Show me if I'm doing it right, Lord. Show me if I'm in the wrong direction. Show me, show me something. And I still don't hear his voice. Now, I have to be honest with you. When you're praying to God and not getting any response, and you, and you know that you're doing everything that's possible, and still don't hear from God, it can be very disappointing. And I don't mind telling you that my faith level is pretty low. To the point where I began to doubt God. To the point where I just began to question His Word. And I remember one morning driving to work. Six o'clock, pulling into the parking lot. And I was walking into the building. And God stepped in, interrupting my moment of despair. Or some people call it pity party. And just distracted me for a moment. And I looked up in the sky and I just saw geese. Now, again, that's not the burning bush. A geese did not speak to me. 
But I just happened to see it, and I just, for a moment, I just began to wonder, wow, why do they fly like that? How come they fly in the V-shape like that? What makes them do that? How do they communicate with each other? How do they know they flung it to fly south, and when to fly north, and when to fly at all? How do they know all these things? And before I went on, before I even asked the next question, I felt a strong sense of awareness of God's presence. Because you see, God was speaking to me. He stepped into my life, interrupted my moment to say something to me. Now, he didn't meet my financial need at that moment. But you see, that's what I didn't need at that moment. But what God did was he met my spiritual need. You see, because my faith level was so low, I was making God unhappy. He was very displeased. You see, Hebrews eleven six says, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. And my spiritual welfare was far more important than my financial welfare. And what God did for me, without speaking any words, just knowing that His presence was there, through those geese, telling me that I'm God. I can do anything. And let me tell you, that's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't see a burning bush. A goose didn't come fly down and speak to me. But the presence of God, knowing that God was God, and knowing that He can do anything, that's all I needed. And my faith level went up. Glory to God. It wasn't soon after that God began to manifest Himself and bless me financially in such a dramatic way. But God will do that because he wants to say something to you. And you know, to say that God wants to meet your spiritual need first because he's more concerned about your spiritual welfare. You remember when Jesus was feeding the 5,000? The scripture says that he began to teach them. He was ministering to them, giving them, uh, providing them with spiritual needs. It wasn't until after that he began to minister to them, to their physical needs. The Bible says he healed them and he also fed them. But he first taught them. And sometimes when we're praying and asking God for things, we think, Lord, that we need this, but God knows exactly what you need. Not that he's going to ignore all the other needs, but God has a priority list. He wants to tend to our spiritual needs first. If our faith level is down, he wants to increase that faith. So what does he do? He manifests himself in such a mighty way. He shows himself strong and mighty. He he speaks to us. He'll use people to speak into us, into our lives. To remind us that God is God. He's not forgotten you. And everything's going to be okay. There are times when God will speak to you. And I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes occurring things keep happening in your life. You know, maybe like sometimes, you know, I'm sure you've all had this, you know, experienced this, where somebody will say something to you and then another person will say the same thing to you. Then a third person will come in and say the same thing to you. After a while, you have to figure, well, is God trying to tell me something? You know, it could be that God is telling you something and something, some a reoccurring theme is going on in your life. And it could be that God is trying to perhaps maybe warn you. Maybe God is trying to tell you to stop whatever it is that you're doing. 
Or maybe God is just trying to encourage you and saying, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. But God is trying to say something. It's just that we have to be tuned in to him in order to hear what he's saying. So that when we're in tune with God, then no matter what he says, all we got to do is simply respond because our spiritual antennas are up. And even if God doesn't speak to you every day, that's okay. He will speak to you at some point. Because he, he, you matter to him. There's something he wants to do. There's, there's a the direction that he wants to take us. Remember, God is like a father who's responsible for us. You know, like raising my children, I gave them the direction. I made sure that, you know, they crossed the street, make sure I held their hand when I crossed the street. When I took them to the park, I was always there watching them. I was always watching over them, protecting them, guiding them, directing them. Because that's what fathers do. That's what parents do. They love their children. But God is doing the same with us. And I mean, that's why the Bible calls him father. Because that's what he is to us, a father figure. And he wants to direct us and guide us. And bring us to a place that he needs for us to be. And sometimes when God speaks to us, sometimes it's not always a comfortable thing. We think that when God speaks to us, it's supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be, you know, feeling all gooey and everything inside and feeling nice. But sometimes God says things to you that, that are uncomfortable because he's challenging you. Telling you that you need to step it up. Telling you that you need to get some urgency in your life. Telling you that you've got to get serious. Telling you that you need to pray more. Telling you they need to read the Bible more. You know, the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. Amen. Go to Psalm 119. If you want, if you want to know what God is saying to you. Then just go back to what he's already said to you. Which is his word. Sometimes we, we, we want God to appear to us in a dream or in a vision. Sometimes we want God to dramatically appear into our lives and, and, and speak to us to a burning Christmas tree or something. But God doesn't always work that way. I mean, He can if He needs to. But for the most part, primarily He speaks to you through His Word. Listen to what Psalm 119 and verse 105 says. It says, Thy word... Is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does light do? It illuminates. You walk into a dark room, you don't want to work any, walk any further because you might bump into something, stub your toe, crash into something, or break something. But if you turn on the light, now you can see where you're going. And the Word of God helps us to see where God wants us to go. You know, when you open up the Word of God, you are giving God an opportunity to speak into your life. So when God needs to tell you that he's a God of peace, he's going to tell you right here in his word. If God says to ask and you shall receive, he's going to tell you in his word. If he's going to show you how to pray, 
He's going to tell you that in his word. If he's going to reveal himself as the healer, he's going to do that in his word. So God will speak to you through his word. Look at Psalm 119 while you're there. Go to 130. Verse 130. Verse 130 says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding unto the simple. You know, sometimes when we're going through something, we don't understand why or we want to go in a direction but don't understand where or how. When we go into his word, the Bible says that the entrance of his word, when the word comes into you, it, sh- it lights up and it gives you clear direction as to where you want to go. It gives you understanding. I was talking to somebody who said that every time she opened up the Bible, she did not understand it. And it didn't matter what translation she, she read, she still could not get it. And of course, I realized after listening to her, it's because there's so many other things going on in her life that even affected her prayer life. But I remember when I first got saved, well, before I got saved, I tried reading the Bible and I couldn't understand what it was saying. But when I, be, when I got saved, all of a sudden, the, the, it's almost like the book just lit up. All of a sudden, I began to understand. And boy, I tell you, when it was like eating Cheerios and I just, just couldn't get enough of it. And I was just eating it and eating it and eating it. Well, I should say chips because I love chips. But man, it's like, and I just couldn't get enough of it. Because I was understanding things that I'd never saw before. I was getting to know God like I never knew God before. It's like a whole new thing. It's a whole new world for me. A whole new revelation of who God is and what he's doing for me. And I didn't realize that God was pouring out his will, his, his mind, his, his wisdom into my life. Speaking to me and pouring into me the things that I needed to to receive from him, to to get me to the place where I needed to go. So, you you know, if God don't speak to you audibly, if he doesn't speak to you in that still small voice, that's okay. He still speaks to you in his word. So that's why it's important that we read the Bible every day and give God an opportunity to speak to you. Every time you close this book and don't read the Bible then you're preventing God from speaking you're you're taking away an opportunity of God speaking into your life and giving you direction don't look at this as just a book but there are words in here that will change your life and God will take these words use his Holy Spirit to interpret and to bring understanding so we can know exactly what it is God is telling us God is trying to tell you something. While you're still in Psalm 119, go to verse 47. So you've got to love his word to want to spend time in it. Psalm 119 verse 47 says, I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. Glory to God. Verse 97, you don't have to go there, Psalm 119, verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Do you love the word that much? Do you spend time in the word? Do you meditate on it all the days? Is it your love? That's how we have to 
enjoy this book. We have to love it. We want to spend time meditating on it. Why? Because it's God's way of speaking to us. Showing us things that we've never seen before. Bringing us to another place, to another level. Opening His rev and just revealing things to us. Man, what an opportunity. Why would you, why would you want to ignore that? Why would you want to miss out on that? Give God an opportunity to speak and just open up the word. Another way God speaks to us is through prayer. When we pray, we put ourselves in a position to hear from God. Oh my goodness, where did the time go? Oh Lord. Let me close. One of the benefits of hearing from God is it produces faith. As I mentioned to you earlier, when my faith level was so low, God stepped into my life, interrupted my moment of despair, and began to show me that He's God. And it boosted my faith. The Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So we need to hear in order to develop our faith. And when we're hearing God's voice and hearing God's word, our faith will increase. Our faith will grow. Our faith will be exactly what God wants it to be. Matthew chapter 13, go there. Man, it's true that they say that time flies when you're having fun. Matthew, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 13 in verse 23, and this is the parable of the sower. And in, Matthew, in verse 23 it says, And the one whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So when you're hearing, not only does it develop faith, but it also produces fruits. And the more you hear, the more fruits you develop. Because the more, you know how sometimes when you're in class and you're hearing, you're hearing, you're listening to the professor and you're, and you're listening to the, to the instructions and the lectures and you're hearing intensively because you want to understand what he's saying. The more you hear it, the more you begin to understand it. And the more fruits will grow and develop. One last verse. One of the benefits of hearing the voice of God. Go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. In verse 3. God says, 
Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. So when we hear God, give ear to his voice, he says, our soul shall live. Life, the life of God, to our soul, to our lives. Saints, I wish I had more time to share this with you. There's just so much more I want to talk to you about. But unfortunately, I've got to close. But know this. God is trying to tell you something. And whatever he has to say to you, it's going to benefit you. But you've got to give ear to his voice. You've got to get quiet. You've got to stay in his word. You've got to continue to pray. You do those things. You put yourself in a position to hear from God constantly. And you won't miss him out. You won't miss out on God. You won't miss out on his voice. But you be in tune with where you need to be. Because we're tuned into him.